It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. Do you want to know what it's like to have a fourth? Just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. You know what is the bane of my existence? Child care. Child care is the bane of my existence. I've said that multiple times on this show. But it is so hard to figure out what you're going to do with your kids if you need a break, if you want to work, if you have to work. And we can have the whole child care policy debate from a you know, political standpoint. And certainly that's been happening in the news this week. Um, and, and we may go there a little bit today, but I just want to sort of share how hard it is to find childcare. Like I uh, have two children under six and I was lucky enough to find someone using the uh, next door app. I literally had someone lined up from care.com that didn't work out. And I frantically like the week before I'm supposed to go back to work, posted on next door and was like, have these needs, somebody help. And the current, a woman I have now who watches my children responded to that ad, and that's how I found childcare. Very informal, very like not through an official anybody, but like this is how we do it now because it is really hard to find childcare. It's really expensive, and I know this debate is being had all over the place. So this show today, part of our State of Women in Utah series, and Dr. Susan Madsen is with the Utah Women and Leadership Project. It's great to be here with you each month talking about some really important topics, and the one Today on childcare is really a hot topic in the news just this week and the last couple of weeks, actually. Yeah, and I'm glad we're talking about this. So this week, you were up at the state legislature talking to them uh, about the needs for childcare in Utah. So tell me some of the thoughts that you shared with them. Absolutely. So one of the things that I mentioned, and as you know, Lindsay, I'm not the top expert on child care. There are other people that do this for their whole careers, but I know a lot about child care along with other issues. You know, we have reports on labor force participation and eminent STEM and unpaid care work and finances and mental health and wage gap and things. But child care is one that just continues to come up. We have a report and it's it's a topic that we need to really stay on. On top of and really do more about child care and the support for child care um, in the state of Utah. So when I talked to this uh, subcommittee of the legislature, the Economic Development and Workforce Committee this week, um, I really talked, I set the stage and there's, and, and you'll find this interesting, Lindsay. The first thing that I said to them was, you know, throughout time, topics like childcare have really been viewed as women's issues. I'm putting my quote marks up here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yet, as we know, based on the research, childcare is important to men. It's important to the kids themselves. It's important to families and communities and governments and businesses. And actually, much research is focused now on the importance of childcare to the economy, mm-hmm. to a thriving workforce, yes. and to economic development. So that was kind of one of my main first points: is to really help all of us understand, and the and legislators, right, understand that 
we're not just helping out. I'm doing quote marks again, right. helping out women, but this really is more than a woman's issue. Well, this is so. where I struggle, Dr. Madsen, is because I just sort of believe, like, I know that we are a country that believes in individual freedoms, but like, do, do both sides agree on that point that when we support families at the basic level that we make more productive workers and it helps our economy? Like, do we agree on that? Or is that still well, like a polarized it, view? <laughs> It is polarized, uh, particularly in Utah, although I think we're making some progress. As we look around the world, there are countries specifically in Europe um, and other states that really have have embraced this as really an economic and a business issue. And another piece that I talked about to the legislature that really connects with what we're talking about right now is that, you know, in the past, I mean, even centuries and of course decades, this topic has been viewed only as an individual or a private matter. And right. that's what you're talking about. Yeah, Lindsay. like it's just and, the family's responsibility. As we know now, childcare is really a public issue. It's not... It's a private issue and a public issue, meaning, hey, families should should help take care of this. But there's an and you can't you know, we have a lot of different kinds of families and you really have to have to look at it as a public issue. So you're right. I mean, your question is right on, Lindsay, because because in the state of Utah through the years, we've looked at it really as a private issue. Mm -hmm. So the family should take care of it. We should not have any public policies. But what we know now and what we're arguing for is is that it's both. It's a private issue, but it's a public issue as well. Yeah, I think that's a really important point because I don't know if you're beating a dead horse by trying to convince one side that that's a, that's a thing, right? But it just, I don't know, to me, it seems like, and I hear both sides talking about this, right? Republicans believe in family culture and family support, and so do Democrats, although we have different means by which we get there, right? Democrats sort of believe more in the policies that sort of help the entire community, while Republicans sometimes view it more as, you know, we all have our individual freedoms and responsibilities and we can take care of ourselves kind of thing. They don't want more government in their lives, right? So Absolutely, it's just yeah. sort of, am I beating a dead horse by trying to convince one or the other side that like that is that this is a communal issue or are we just never going to see it the same way? Well, I have to say that I do believe things are changing in the state of Utah. Um, I've had good conversations with male legislators about this. Of course, female legislators are both Republicans and Democrats. And it, we're coming to the point where, um, where we really need to address this. We have a great economy in the state of Utah, but as we're looking ahead, more CEOs around and we're really an economic development state right that's so important business mm -hmm. is so important to our state that there's really some good arguments especially with that pandemic and how people have seen that the child care really be a problem yeah. for for thriving you know members of our community so the other piece that i really helped hopefully just just briefly outline in this in this presentation that I gave was and I, and I've been doing a series uh, I think I have four or five articles monthly in the Deseret News uh, editorials 
Um, and, and it's a theme of, of what I've called the single story. And I may have talked about this on a, a previous episode, but really Utah's changing. Their de- demographics are shifting. We're changing. The family structures are changing and we really need to support that. So the assumption has been through the years that all families in Utah are pretty much the same. There's a man in the home who's providing and a woman who stays at home. And many of our past legislators have had that situation. So oftentimes, if you're not really pushing, you know, pushing your biases, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about your biases, mm-hmm. you'll just assume everybody has that luxury of having a stay-at-home mom or wife, which when we look at the changing demographics in Utah, we have a lot of single parent homes mm. and we know from the research in Utah that if you are a single mother in Utah, 40% of you will be living in poverty. Mm. So we have single mothers, we have more people, you know, we're in the 20% now of our population that's, that's, that are people of color. Um, we've got immigrants, we've got refugees, we've got, you know, differences in, in, income levels and educational levels and, of course, marital status and more divorced. You know, so this single story of we don't need to do anything to help because it's a private issue mm. is is really not going to be helpful for us in Utah, really continue to have our economy thrive. Does that make sense? Yes, Lindsay? that is a really good point. Dr. Susan Madsen with the Utah Women in Leadership Project. She also wrote an op-ed this week about this very topic, how child care issues aren't an either or. So I want to dive into that when we come back. I want to dive into that when we come back. You've joined the mom show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the mom show today. Thank you for joining us. Once a month, we do a segment called the State of Women in Utah. And joining me, Dr. Susan Madsen, who's with the Utah Women and Leadership Project. They do research all over the state in different areas on how Utah's women are impacted in different arenas. And Dr. Madsen has all the info on everything that's affecting Utah women. And we're talking about child care today because this topic has been in the news a lot lately. And, you know, there's proposals out there from different different policies. And this week, Dr. Madsen went up to Utah State Legislature to speak to a subcommittee um, about the need for child care. And you really pitched to them, Dr. Madsen, and correct me if I'm wrong, about this um, to view child care as a communal issue more so than a women's issue, because when you view it as a communal issue, then it becomes not this either or of it's either a private issue or a public issue, but it becomes, you know, like how how do we succeed at this so our economy can succeed? How do we provide workers more stability at home so that we have more productive workers at work, thus making more money for our state? This is how I view it. This is how I want it viewed. But I, I recognize it's like just taking a really long time for others to view it that way. And I'm struggling to understand why. But talk to me about some of the other things you talked to the state legislature about. Well, one of them is is really interesting. So we've been talking about the need for government to actually do make some public policies or or change public policies or create public policies around child care. And we haven't really done that in the state of Utah too much. But sometimes people will think, they just assume, and I call this kind of a paradox, they assume that we would have a lot of really high quality 
you know, child care services available. Utah doesn't have even remote what we need. So this is this is the paradox, though. So what we know is nationwide families of child care workers are more than twice as likely to live in poverty as other families. Right. In Utah, the, the annual medium wage for child care workers is far below that for all workers in the state. And in four of seven metropolitan areas in Utah, around 90% of child care workers do not earn enough to maintain a basic standard of living. So I want you to think about that side. So just being a child care provider and not not just not even the high quality that right. we're talking about that's so important many of them live in poverty or, so meaning, or don't don't make enough money you yeah, know meaning, and some live in poverty meaning okay, you can't so live the off other, that and so people oh, don't do it yeah 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 so that's one of the issues with childcare is motivating and supporting and encouraging people to offer high quality childcare so, that, so think about that on the one end. So then on the other end, this is why it's a paradox, childcare costs are becoming increasingly burdensome mm. in the United States um, and in Utah as well. And interestingly, in over 30, well, 33 states, this was a few years ago, including Utah, the annual cost of childcare for one person is higher than one person, I call them, but one mm-hmm. kid um, is higher than the cost of in-state tuition at a four-year college. Mm-hmm. So um, so here, here's the paradox that if you do childcare, and we're talking about childcare in general, not even the most qualified childcare providers, you really don't make a lot. And then childcare is really expensive. So that doesn't match with a capitalistic mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then then if you look at that, do you see how, how this gap in the middle has to be filled with something else? And that's why public policy is so important. Mm. So I, I just kind of setting the stage um, with that. Well, so talk, do you have any comments? Yeah, I've talk- got, you know, got plenty of points, but don't want to take all the time myself. <laughs> no, I love all of your points. Talk to me about the solution here, Dr. Madsen, because it seems to me like we we just sort of don't view it as this communal problem. We just sort of leave it on the backs of families. And like you're saying, there's this gap here where families don't have options and they're figuring out different ways or they're paying a zillion dollars and it's not even worth it for one parent to go to work, namely women who want to go back into the workforce. Most women say it's not even worth it because I barely make any money. Well, that's if you have two parents in the home. Right. And if you are a single mother and you don't have a bachelor's degree, we know the more education, the more money you make, right? So if we, you know, think about minimum wage, think of even $12 an hour, which is well above minimum age. And childcare, I don't even know how much childcare is now, Lindsay, you would, right, right. but um, but because you're dealing with it right now. But think about a single mom that doesn't have education with, with two kids, let's say. That's impossible. Yeah. What is the policy solution here, Dr. Madsen? Well, first of all, I mean, there's, we could get into policy. This is a really very deep and complex policy conversation. But to me, the first step is is just even in that meeting last week with these people is to just raise awareness to 
educate people just on some of the basics. I mean, why does it matter? Because there really is a direct link to our thriving economy in the state of Utah and keeping that um, as you look at the demographic changes and so forth. So the first step is to really educate so that our legislators and other influential people, our governor and our lieutenant governor and mm-hmm. our great lieutenant governor right now, uh, um, she gets this yeah. already. She yeah. already gets this. So so I don't have to convince her. But uh, that's the first step because legislators don't even move forward with these issues unless they feel they're important. So that's why I really stick with that education piece. In terms of other policies, man, we could go a lot of different directions with that one, Lindsay. Yeah, and Um, I know that's not a simple answer to that, what policies exist, but I guess I'm just wondering, it just seems like there are no policies that exist besides some maternity leave, but those are on the backs of businesses. That's not coming from the government. Well, you know, FMLA, yeah, no, there's some some different policies, some different, actually with COVID, the COVID funding that's come in, this is why, you know, COVID's been terrible, the pandemic is terrible. However, if there's any silver lining, what has happened are some of these issues, you know, and, and what I say is anything that was unequal before during the pandemic, it's more unequal. Mm-hmm. Anything that was unfair before is more unfair. But those topics like childcare, like leave policies, like flexibility in the workplace, like some of those have really been issues and have risen to the top. And so I think in our really heavy Republican legislature, I, I just have a lot of hope because I think there are people saying, wait, this really is an issue. We're yeah. hearing about this. You know, there have been more men who have worked at home and seen how complex this is. Yeah, I think um, you're right. So I, I would say we're in, I guess I have more hope. Um, I, I think we're in a place where people want to be more informed, maybe not everyone, but more um more pe- more than we have had in the past. Let me just give you one example. Um, one is one of our legislators, and I'm trying to remember exactly how he used his last name, but Dan Hemmert. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty uh-huh. su- yeah, he has been a legislature, legislator, and he actually moved over. He, he resigned from that and is now the head of GOED, which is the governor's office of economic development. Mm-hmm. And um, he has said, you know, publicly that he, he was actually not supportive of some of these issues uh, of work, family flexibility and so forth. And now that he's over at GOED, he's seen, he's being educated. He's like, wait, there are gaps here. Yeah. And so it's fun to work with Dan in that um, he, I think he's going to be a great ally and really think about how can that office really motivate and help businesses around the state be more aware of like the wage gap and women in leadership and things like flexibility and childcare. So people shift when they see more more of these issues. I did want to make one more quick point um, in this segment, if we have time, um, that, that there really is a difference in childcare between just childcare in general and really high quality childcare. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to make a point that, you know, most of the listeners do know this, but it's important. We're talking about more than just babysitting. Right. This early development, this early, you know, early education 
early childhood, particularly the first five years of life, impacts long term Mm-hmm. social, cognitive, emotional, and physical development. And healthy development in early childhood helps prepare children for educational experiences really in kindergarten and beyond. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So I'm just putting that out there that when we talk about childcare in general, you know, we're talking about, you know, sometimes you just have to have your bases covered, right? right. But longer term, we're not t- just talking about babysitting. We yeah. really are talking about quality people that will help and provide your children, Lindsay, with learning opportunities and, and engaging their minds and their hands and, you know. Well, here's to hoping I made the right decision with my six-year-old because her time is up. So <laughs> we may have ruined it already. We're not sure. Dr. Susan Madsen with the Utah Women in Leadership Project. We'll take a break more on this topic when we come back on The Mom Show. It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. If you're just joining us, I am Lindsay Ertz here with Dr. Susan Madsen. She is with the Utah Women and Leadership Project once a month. She and our other guest, Emily Bell McCormick, who's not with us today, um, join me for the State of Women in Utah series that we do. And we talk about issues that are directly impacting moms and families in Utah. And Dr. Madsen, today we're talking about child care because it is the bane of my existence. <laughs> and... I feel like I have sort of taken on the role that I wish was viewed more communally, and that is I figure out all our child care, and I line it up, and I schedule it, and I find it, and if our nanny ever goes away, I will find the new one, and that's fine. I want to be involved in the picking of who my children are watched by. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, what if I didn't have to be in charge of this? Like, what if my husband could pick the childcare? And don't get me wrong, he's 100% involved. It's just, you know, there are some things that you pick up by default and you never really had a conversation about who's in charge of what. And then one day you realize, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. So those are conversations happening in Utah homes all over the state. But as you've been out this week, you've actually talked with the Utah State Legislature about some child care needs that the state can help with. And this is always a debate of, you know, whether child care is a public issue or a private issue, right? Whether it's on the backs of families or whether policy can be made to help families. I personally think there should be a little of both. And we're going to kind of get into that uh, a little bit right now. So what else did you talk to the legislature about? Well, I shared a few findings um, just from the research. And and one of them, well, let me just share a couple. The number of children who need child care in the U.S. is really striking. So one recent study in the U.S. concluded that a lack of child care options actually costs the U.S. economy $57 billion per year in lost earnings, mm. productivity, and revenue. And in Utah, you know, some people really don't understand that this affects so many families in Utah. So in Utah, 60% of women and 76% of men over 16 are in the labor force. 
So that's a lot 60% of people. 60% of women. And Did you hear that figure? Right? 60% of women. That's and a 62% <laughs> of women with children who only have children like you. Well, yours is six, but under six years old. So 62% of women with children under six, and that's all they have at home, is those young children are in the labor force. 74% of women with children between six and 17 are in the labor force. So what what researchers figured, and this is even a little bit of older, like 2017 research, that about um, that you know, that about 600,000 women in the state, you know, of Utah are in the labor force. And many Utah households with children have what's called only one available parent. So bottom line, there's, there's a lot of families, a lot of women that do work. And, and a, a few years ago, the Women in the Economy uh, Commission had a report that was, that was conducted by the Gardner Policy Institute. And they did focus groups around the state and they talked to women about working. And the top two biggest concerns, number one, flexibility, mm-hmm. number two, childcare. Mm-hmm. And it was about the availability, access to, affordability, quality, mm-hmm. all of those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. So, so um, and then one more thing I wanted to share. This was about 2017 in our, in our research report that over, and it's probably higher now, over 150,000 children in Utah under six potentially need child care. And at, in a few years ago, only 41,000. So think of 150,000, only 41,000 slots wow. are available in, in child care, formal child care programs, and actually only 22,000 spots in programs that were licensed by the state. Mm. And that is only minimum health and safety standards. So I don't know if you could hold on to all those numbers. But what I'm trying to show is that there really is a need in Utah. And we're really struggling with really enough spots for people. So parents like you don't have to struggle and worry. I mean, you're always going to struggle and worry. Right. And women have the emotional load more than men. But we run out of options, especially for high quality. And and Lindsay, wow, there is a difference between high quality child care, really that child development, and then just like other things that just are watching like your kids. Yeah, it just begs the question to me, Dr. Madsen, that, um, you know, if we have, I know we're talking about childcare right now, but if we have 60% of women in the workforce, why do we act like it's such a rare thing that women are working? Like, we have a majority of women in the workforce. I don't understand why we don't have a culture that kind of shows that. You know, we've just had a culture for so many years, let's let's say, you know, for decades and decades and centuries, I should say, where uh, women didn't work as much outside the home. So we've been shifting through the years and we really have shifted in this last decade. Uh, one thing I wanted to comment about, though, in the state of Utah, even though we have, you know, we have 60 percent of women in the labor force, but we do have about um, the, one of the highest in the nation of women who work part-time. So we still mm-hmm. have many, many women who work full-time, but we do have a lot of women that work part-time. And oftentimes I know through the years I worked part-time. And so I worked around my kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so 
when women have worked even through the last decades, oftentimes we do kind of find ways to work a little bit with our kids and be and around our kids. And so maybe there's some assumptions that, that that's our role and we need to continue to do that. And we have a quote choice to do that. Yeah. Well, but, and it might be a function too of like, there aren't childcare options. And so a lot of us work part time because it works best for our families because we, you know, to get full-time childcare requires a whole nother level of, you know, options out there. And then it's just, it's almost just like, it's easier to have that schedule. It's easier on your family. It's easier on your spouse. Whoever makes the most money, it seems like, is the one who gets to do the working. Yeah. And, and, you know, I have to say for those people that do work part-time, I know my, my own daughter's through this and she was she told me the other day I didn't realize childcare was going to be so hard but she's looking for just drop in kind of here and there childcare mm-hmm. um and that's tricky too yeah when that's you don't have a consistent very, schedule yeah that's yeah, really hard yeah that's hard too Dr. Susan so, Madsen with the Utah Women in Leadership Project I said uh, last break we were going to get to your op-ed that you wrote this week and I really want to talk about it so we'll do that when we come back on the Back inside the Mom Show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. Been having a lovely conversation about child care, specifically in Utah, but also, you know, nationwide. There's conversations around uh, how we do child care in this country. And the answer right now is we don't really <laughs> do child care, but there are some policies out there that are trying to address that. There are some state issues being talked about with that and then some business solutions too. And my guest today actually wants to incorporate all of those. Dr. Susan Madsen is with the Utah Women and Leadership Project. And um, this is our State of Women in Utah series. We do this once a month where Dr. Madsen and Emily Bell McCormick come and chat with me about different issues impacting Utah women. And Dr. Madsen, you wrote this week about this either-or concept when it comes to childcare. Just share with me what you meant by that. Well, it's it's so interesting that we go, you know what I'm talking about. We've been doing this during the pandemic. We've been paying attention and before that we really go to one extreme or another and say it's all or nothing. Yeah, It's either or instead of and. And we're seeing those conversations in my editorial and my op-ed. I really push back about this falling into this either or trap saying, some people on the one end say, say, if you're sending your, your kids to any child care, any daycare, then you're harming your children. Right. So that's the one, one end. And then this week, Mitt Romney had a piece where, you know, he, he said, you know, I didn't realize I was a disadvantaged because my mom stayed home. So right. there was an argument being advanced um, in the in Congress that that actually, if you don't send your kids to daycare, then you're disadvantaging and hurting your kids. Right. And so there's these two extremes, and I'm saying it's not either or. Right. Um, of course. 
you know, not sending, I mean, you don't have to send your kids to daycare to have them really have an enriching life that they interact with people, that they have, that they are not just with their parents, but maybe they go to preschool and they have neighbors, you know, that they interact and get social. It's not one or the other, Lindsay. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. And I'm like trying to say, stay in this rational place in my editorial. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, and And that's where I think we struggle is just like I think there's a daycare stigma out there. I think that that people sort of have this fear of sending their kids to daycare because there's this belief that like moms in particular should be raising children, right? And I want to push back on that a little bit to argue that my child could be home with me 24-7 and I could literally never pay attention to her. I could never engage with her. And I think there are wonderful caregivers and wonderful daycares and wonderful other people who can help raise children. The reason the child care I have in place is so engaged with my children that I don't even think I could give that to them. Like, I don't even think that I would be that person if I stayed home with them. So I just you're, wanna... you're fortunate, Lindsay. Yeah, <laughs> really are I fortunate ju- to do that. I think the key, though, is on the other end to be we need to just be respectful of choices and that people make, because I am you. I have a personality maybe that's more like you that I, I took my kid. I had to be on the run all the time with my personality. But man, I I have a daughter in law who is just so engaging with my grandson and reads and does all of these things. She's got more patience than I do. And so so, some people just, we can't judge that, you know, we want people, men and women in the home to, to give those children the experiences, but, but we don't, it's not always a choice to work. Some people need to work, choose to work, whatever it is, but it, I guess I'm, I'm, advancing the argument that it does take a village. You know what I'm talking about. It takes a village to raise a child. That's my point is it's not either or we can, it it can be a village. Yeah. And it should be a village. Dr. Susan Madsen with the Utah Women in Leadership Project. Thank you for this conversation today around childcare. Hopefully we'll find some solutions out there and we can help families here in Utah just survive, survive what we're all going through. Uh, Thank you for joining us this week. We'll be back next week on The Mom Show.